Blog Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, and welcome to Rescue Radio. Uh, yes, there is a war going on for our souls, and, and let's pray, and then we're going to talk about our topic for tonight. Father, we thank you for the family. We thank you for marriages. We thank you for people who have committed themselves to one another in these covenant relationships. We thank you for the divine, holy truth, protection, freedom that brings us and keeps us in these relationships, Lord God. And so tonight, as people are joining us, I pray that they would hear that they would be willing to let the Holy Spirit examine them and bring them to peace, bring them to unity, restoration, healing, deliverance, and that this would be a very profitable time together with your people tonight. And Father God, we also thank you for um, your holy word, because Jesus, you said, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So thank you, Father God. Give us eyes. Draw the people in. Let us hear. Let us obey. Amen. Hey, tonight our guest is my friend, Kathy, um, Kathy uh, DeMar from Wisconsin, way, way over there in Wisconsin. Kathy, are you here? Are you there? I, I am. I am, okay. Marty. It's going to be a fun well, night. Yeah, you know, um, tonight, I didn't tell him yet what we're talking about. We're going to be talking about girl talk. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about you and find out who you are, and then we'll dive right into this girl talk thing. So tell us, Kathy, a little bit about yourself and why you're on the radio with me tonight. Well, I actually met Margie about, oh, must have been eight years ago, and we started um, coming actually for counseling with Margie. And then after that, um, we started attending their church, and during that time, the Lord really stirred in our hearts. Um, we had been working with youth for since like 1988 or even before that and mm-hmm. um, just loved working with them and seeing just the hurt and the pain in their hearts. And um, mm-hmm. I actually worked at a Christian school for 11 years. And during that time, I started um, meeting with kids just that were very... Um, hurt in their heart, mm-hmm. and my heart went out to them, and that's how I just kind of started, started working with people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm working with people. Yeah, and I think you and you've um, since then, Kathy has developed a counseling service out of her home in Wisconsin, River Falls area, <clears throat> and you've got a lot of experience, I think, as I have too, just working with people who are coming in with pain and hurt and questions and troubles and whatnot. So tell me a little bit about this latest thing that you're doing, Girl Talk. What is that? What is that? What? Well, <laughs> Girl Talk is about um, just getting to the uh, roots of why we do what we do, mostly, because so many women really don't know where their place is. Mm-hmm. We, we either overdo things or we under. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of times we're confused. We are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So do you mm-hmm. meet like in a certain evening or a certain day or type of group or whatever? Well, actually, I am starting um, a group and which I have been doing um, probably since ni- or 2007. I've been doing a group on Saturday mornings and um, in the near future, but mm-hmm. like the end of this month, I'm going to be starting a group with um, women that uh, just getting to um, talk with them on just the subject of um, who they are, their identity. Yeah. Our yeah. identities have been stolen from us, and yeah. we don't really know who we are. And well, I so think I'm that's not be- just. Yeah, I think that's not just true of women, but everybody's kind of been goofed up with who are they, and that's of course a big hot topic with the devil. Um, it does, and it, you know, the problem is he's stealing our identities and confusing our our roles as husbands, wives, males, females, and also confusing us about who God is. Um, you know, I think one of the basic things about relationships. I mean, it's all about relationships, really. I mean, it's about mm-hmm. the relationship you have with God, with yourself. And with others, and that includes your your mate. So mm-hmm. I know that one of the things that is primary and critical in a relationship is, and, and it's the basis for every relationship you ever will have, is the relationship you have with their, with yourself. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. women I think look towards they're kind of codependent. They look towards some guy uh, or some situation, maybe a job. They look for something else to make them worthwhile or validate them or make them precious or cherished or whatever. And a lot of them are looking for this man to be God to them. Um, and that just kind of just really goes wrong uh, fast. I mean, it's like you can't put a man on a, on a pedestal and make him your God. But so bottom line is if your relationship with yourself is, uh, if you love yourself, you're going to have a, a strength and a stability and a uh, consistency in, able, in being able to have a relationship with somebody else. But if you don't like yourself, which is where most people are, then what happens? What well, do you see? <laughs> you, you end up um, doing a lot of crazy things, like you, you try to get people's attention or you're mm-hmm. you know, controlling, manipulating, mm-hmm. um, and then in the long run you end up getting hurt. Yeah, yeah, big time. Well, you know, I I think starting out with relationships, going right back to Genesis, seems like everything starts in Genesis, huh? But in anyway, mm-hmm. in chapter chapter three, very interesting piece or part of the word that was pronounced over the woman over Eve when she had sinned. Part of the mm-hmm. curse that um, was given to her was that he said, um, God said, of course, he would greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. It's that last part. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. I think in some ways we don't understand how powerful that pronouncement is, in, in, even in these days, and maybe we're jumping around a little bit, but if our desire is for our husband, and we, we're called to submit to this man and then the man, let's just say he will rule over you. Let's just say he's abusive or he's controlling or he's um, abandoning the family or doing something wrong or something that's dangerous or harmful to the family or the children. Uh, that becomes a real difficult place for a woman to be. Um, and, I, I just, and there's so much going on in this whole area and arena of relationships. But 
Well, let's start out with a couple of simple questions. Maybe they're not simple, but what is real love in a relationship? What does that really look like? We, we need to know the real before we can talk about all the counterfeits. So what's real love look like? Well, I believe that real love is the agape kind of love, which is unconditional uh-huh. love where, you know, where how God loves us, that he'll never leave us or forsake us, um, mm-hmm. where the scripture says nothing can separate you from the love of God, that he even knows everything about us and he still loves us, no matter that's, what we've done. Yeah, that's hard to believe, isn't it, that God can mm-hmm. love us so um, so. You know, they say love is blind, but God is not blind. He loves us with, you know, with all of our, you know, foibles and whatever. But, you know, a lot of times I think, don't you think people think of love as the Valentine version of love? There's the chocolates, there's the gushy words, there's the mushy, there's the romance novels, there's the movies, there's the Cinderella stories, the happily ever after, you know, and even Hallmark. Everybody's trying to tell us what love is. And, I listen, I watch Hallmark movies sometimes because they're so mm-hmm. predictable and there's no pressure and you don't have to get stressed. You just kind of zone <laughs> because you know how it's mm-hmm. all going to end. Anyway, you got to figure it out within the first five minutes, so I don't know why I even waste my time. <laughs> anyway, but, but nonetheless, it sets people up, women especially. And I, I, remember, I remember going to, I think it was Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. I think it was Cinderella. When I was mm-hmm. little, you know, and, and it was a beautiful story. And and it was so the justice finally came and she was found and she got her the true love. And, they, and I remember the ending scene was the happily ever after, you know, how they just ride off in the, the right. whatever they coach or whatever. And, I, and, and, you know, people are so saturated with the, the wrong ideas of what love really is that when they, you know, when it gets to be a hard walk and life is full of babies and bills and bottles and blankets and, you know, you know, budgets and stuff like that, we kind of like say, well, wait, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed up for. So what do you say about that? Um, Do you ever see anybody who's kind of struggling with that um, kind of uh, Hollywood idea or that the world false idea notion of love? What happens to them? Well, I know for myself and other people that I've, you know, ministered to is when you go into marriage um, we have such an idea of thinking that that is what it's going to be in this fantasy of yeah. everything's going to be perfect and he's yeah. going to sweep me off my feet and he's going to mm-hmm. take care of me and, mm-hmm. and all the hurts that have, you know, that I, probably I have bought from the enemy's lies mm-hmm. that he's going to take care of all those things. And yeah. he doesn't. He, yeah. I mean, he can't. He's, he's not even yeah. capable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not only that. not capable, but probably not even aware. But going back for a second to mm-hmm. 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, you know, that definition of love is love bears all things, believes all things, mm-hmm. hopes all things, endures all things, love never fails. And in that picture of love, it's basically suffering. It's basically right. permitting, it's putting up with, It's. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to be dish rags and doormats, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I think we really need to understand that when you get married, it's just like when you have a, a child, you 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 don't get to do everything you want to do anymore. You've given up. You're sharing your life now mm-hmm. with someone else. And hopefully you've picked someone that is willing to um, share with you. I, I know a lot of times when people get married, I say it's not a 50-50 deal. It's really 100%, right. 100%. You give 100%, they give 100%. And you cover that middle line 
without oh well she changed 12 diapers and now you know i got and or he he didn't you know i changed 12 diapers and now he's got to change 12 i mean we don't keep track like that that's just immature but and it's not a competition <laughs> yeah exactly and you know that's an interesting thing you bring up a competition because i noticed that um opposites attract and um, I think that's really a, a strength that can be great because if you're complimenting your husband and he's, he's strong in one area, you're, you're weaker in that area. And you see it all the time. So we're attracted to someone who will fill our void or our need or strengthen us in that area. For example, you see people who are very shy. People are attracted to people who are sanguines or outgoing or very, you know, you know talkative, whatever. And then mm-hmm. after a while, after a while, that that thing that was initially a, uh, a good thing, a compliment, uh, uh, becomes an aggravation and a competition. Okay. And, 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 and people get um, annoyed with their mate's gift. And the thing that was good now becomes, you know, like I said, annoying. So what do you say to, um, to people who are, you know, trying to find that perfect mate, the one who will stay perfect forever and ever? What do you say to them? Well, knowing that not everybody is perfect. Nobody is perfect except <laughs> Jesus was perfect. Yeah. And that that you know, to know too that God is the only one that can fulfill those. I mean, He's the one that's patient. He's the one mm-hmm. that doesn't isn't you know doesn't become proud. Right. He isn't proud. He doesn't keep records of wrongs. He doesn't. Yeah. He mm-hmm. delights in us. He rejoices over us. He tells mm-hmm. us. I mean, he's truth. Walks in truth and protects us, and and yeah. we can trust him and have hope. But when we're looking at the the eros kind of love, that it's really kind of an erotic love. That usually, mm-hmm. you know, it occur, occurs when you know you're in that first stage of meeting someone. Mm-hmm. You know, even for the man or the woman, and it's usually based on that physical attraction. So when mm-hmm. you, you know, you're falling in love, you're mm-hmm. thinking that that's, you know that same thing. Yeah, this yeah, is it. Yeah. And, I and love you know, that's the hook. It feels yeah. good. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. It is. We think but love is a feeling. The problem is, yeah. it's not gonna. What happens when the feeling goes away mm-hmm. is now, you know. What it, you start questioning and yeah. you start yeah. thinking, okay, is there something wrong? But it to be back to that that unconditional love, the same well, yeah, love you know, that God has for us. I think you're right. I think a lot of people are drawn into an. Uh, they're attracted, then they're infatuated, and they feel that kind of euphoric, kind of in love, kind of state, and they they love that feeling. So they're in love with the feeling of being in love. And um, and then they, all these wonderful ideals and beautiful things come in, into play. And they're not really very uh, practical in terms of understanding that this is a chemical reaction that will last about two years. And it's kind of, in a way, God's used it to draw us together so that we will exactly. connect. But after that, when the rubber meets the road, you've got to start to walk on that road mm-hmm. of life together. And a lot of people, they say, you know, when they lose that feeling of infatuation, um, then they say, well, I don't love him anymore. I don't love her anymore. And what they're saying is the, the feeling is gone. And in that two years, you're hopefully establishing a friendship, establishing uh, the, um, uh, the love of God in the relationship to have mercy and, and um, for one another. But 
a lot of times people are not set up very well to go into marriage. They, they, they are so into planning their wedding. Um, everything's got to be perfect for that day. But the many days that follow are given little thought, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Again, that, that just, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the way the advertisers present, you know, the brides and the, and the, the you got to have the best of this and that and everything. And some of the most expensive weddings last the shortest, you know. Um, I think it's really finding the person that you want to spend the rest of your life with and believe that you can um, walk through whatever it is you got to walk through with trust and that they'll be faithful to you. It's amazing how, how I mean, you know. So, but, so you know, and, and so t- let's talk a little bit about... Um, the kind of love that God is talking about. Well, let's go to Ephesians. I just want to, I think this kind of opens up the whole can of worms. It says in Ephesians chapter um, 5, verse 22, the hot button for women is that word submit, you know, and I can read it to you. I'll read it in the King, New King James, and if you've got something else, you can add. This is wives. Submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subjected to Christ, so let wives be to their own husbands in everything. Now, if your husband is acting like the Lord, this isn't a problem. But usually there's not a whole lot of resemblance between the Lord and the the behavior of a husband. Can you think of some, uh, for instance, some examples of where um, this might be difficult for a wife to submit to her husband? and keep this scripture. Um, anything come to your mind? Well, when, when there's abuse, when there's, yeah. um, a, you know, adultery, when there's, yeah. you know, uh-huh. they've been unfaithful, it's, yeah. you know, and you're supposed to still submit, but mm-hmm. it's also, you know, it also says, you know, wives submit unto your husband, but then it also, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ mm-hmm. loved the church. And if he's yeah. not doing that, that is, and, and because of the wounds in his heart, because mm-hmm. of the things that he's walked through, there's mm-hmm. something there that causing him not to love his wife. Or give and, himself for her, protect her, mm-hmm. cover I think sometimes... Mm-hmm. We've all developed, before we get married, we've got already got our whole self-image and mindsets are kind of already formed. Um, I've got to take care of myself. I can't trust anyone. Um, I'm on my own. I'm afraid. Um, it's up to me. All of these kind of isolating things cause us to pull away from, put up walls, and distance ourselves from anyone. Um, and mm-hmm. to find that perfect man. I mean, I think that's the setup. I think we're looking for someone who's like Jesus. And, of course... You know, it's it's in, in ideal conditions, this would be fine because Jesus right. is on the other side of that, giving his life for the church, which is if your husband is giving his life for you, laying down his life, going, whatever that looks like. That might look like going to work every day. It might be uh, going out in the cold and, and, and taking care of things, um, making sure you have what you need. Um, and, and so that's great. But how many times do we just get caught up in our everyday world and our own minds, I think, and start to, the devil, really, believe it or not, starts to whisper in our heads about our mates. Well, he should have, well, she should have known, well, you know, I you know, can't trust him, her, whatever. Um, they're all about themselves, whatever, whatever. And we don't talk, we don't stop. 
And, you know, the Bible says, um, take captive every thought and make it subject to the obedience of Christ. Well, we don't do that. We just assume that our minds, our opinions, our perceptions, our position, that we're right. We're right. We're just, we're right. I mean, that's bottom line. I'm right and they're wrong. And how does that work then to, make, to, to work on reconciliation? Um, when you, I see it in counseling all the time. I think, what do you see in terms of, you know, when you get these kind of stubborn, I'm right and you've got to, uh, you know, you've got to come my way. What do you see? Well, so much hurt because mm-hmm. each one is really not hearing the other one. It's, mm-hmm. not, it's not that they don't love each other. I believe way back in there, there's so much hurt covering over that it's just he said, she said, and, and it's the blame, blaming each other. And it needs it to get to the point where, okay, but what's really going on? What's the root cause of why I'm feeling the way mm-hmm. I'm feeling instead of going with those feelings? Yeah, you know, with yeah. The, letting the enemy just continue to whisper yep. in your ear and you're mm-hmm. really even before that you're mm-hmm. set up to, from your you know yeah. your family of origin where, mm-hmm. where have you come from and you yeah. both come from different backgrounds so you either you know it's either fight or flight mm-hmm. <laughs> what are you yeah. choosing yeah. in your life and and so well, you have two people that that want to make this thing work but then you also have the enemy there that doesn't mm-hmm. want it to work. Right, He's yeah, exactly. He'll kill and destroy. And, you know, but a lot of God, times... Go ahead, I'm sorry. God, God wants to come in and bring life. And, yeah. But we have to, like you said, we have to stop and go, mm-hmm. okay, what's really going on here? Yeah, what's I think a lot of people... First, about? They go to a counselor, a marriage counselor or something, and they're looking for someone to take their side and um, in early on in counseling, I mean, I saw that this was the one is is trying to get, per, you know, present their case. And the other one presents their case. And you are supposed to be the judge to pick a side. Well, I said, I'll always answer like this. Well, I'm on both of your sides because you don't realize exactly. the real enemy. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And until you put the devil in the equation and understand that the liar has got an agenda here, um, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. I don't care. I mean, you can find somebody to support your side. You can find a judge to rule in your favor, um, but that doesn't make that doesn't make it right. Uh, what's right is the truth. And I think going back to what you said about from um, generational bloodlines, if you've ever noticed um, as you know, how people are, so the patterns are set up in their parents, their grandparents, their great grandparents. The patterns. If you ever look at how the grandparents. Were how their marriage was, how they treated one another. Um, was there a you know was there a passive aggressive thing going on? Was there a lot of control? Who wore the pants? Who was, you know what was what was really going on? And a lot of times kids and grandkids don't really know that much about it, which is unfortunate because you probably see the exact same patterns that are you're struggling with in your own marriage, but um, because those patterns just don't go away because those demons don't go away. They don't die. They just move on to the next generation. So I see that a lot. I mean, I see if the, you know, women, for example, who are controlling, um, mm-hmm. fearful. Uh, usually, to me, I've seen it that the practicing of control and 
um, you know, comes out of fear and that comes out of being abused. So I see a direct connection between the, the spirit of being abused and then taking mm-hmm. control because I'm not going to let anybody hurt me anymore. And so then they begin to control their husbands. They don't trust them. Um, and, mm-hmm. and as you believe, whatever you believe begins to recycle in your life. So if you, if you believe that I can't trust anybody, then that's exactly what you're going to get, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that that brings us to that um, where there's a, a divination and then the enemy, it just opens the door to, to well, and you could call it a, a Jezebel spirit, but it, mm-hmm. the Jezebel spirit is a controlling, it's mm-hmm. control, and it can, that can really, it can, there's really not a gender, it's more, it's the, the spirit of Jezebel wants to kill, steal, and destroy, mm-hmm. and wants to come and um, yeah. take the strategy well, really is to to take oh. take control so that I well, feel yeah. safe. And I think it's to disrupt God's order. I mean, and, and you know, you, Jezebel, Ahab and Jezebel were married. And um, mm-hmm. and what happened was, I'm tell you the story and I'll look it up a little later. But, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> what it is, Ahab was basically the king, but he was a hand-pecked husband. And Jezebel ran the show and she was very seductive and she was, and I think, I think Ahab was a little depressed and a little maybe more um, passive and she was way Mm -hmm. aggressive. She wanted to actually be the king, but she just could only be the king through Ahab. So she, you know, had her own agenda and I think she was very, um, uh, maybe intolerant, maybe, um, what's another word? She was, she didn't, she, she didn't respect Ahab much at all. All she respected was the office, and she wished, like I said, she had it. But one day she came home, and Ahab had wanted this, uh, what's his name, the next-door neighbor, wanted his vineyard and for mm-hmm. his, um, you know. And what happened was, you know, he, he she came home. It was his birthday, soon-to-be or whatever, and he was all depressed because uh, this guy, Naboth, I think it was, wouldn't sell him the vineyard. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what she did is she set up a big plot to go get it. Um, and she, you know, she set up Naboth to be, um, you know, uh, brought before his council and accused of things. And he, she told the people that were invited to this little party to go ahead and kill him, you know. Mm-hmm. And so then the vineyard would become, you know, hers. And so she could give it to her husband. And all along, in every situation like this where you have this kind of witchcraft, it's really witchcraft. And you, you mm-hmm. mentioned the word divination um there, that's an act sixteen sixteen. what what is divination um to me it's it's the practicing of deception with the intention using that deception presenting something as good as acceptable as um uh true presenting it one way but underneath the, the agenda is the total opposite um and she you know she was not too cunning. I mean, people knew who she was, but a lot of times, like for example, in Acts sixteen sixteen, that girl with that fortune teller, what was she doing? She was telling fortune te- fortunes on the weekend, and during the mm-hmm. during the the, uh, the revival services, she was in Paul's meetings, and what was she saying? She was saying, "These are the men of the Most High God, yes, yeah, who bring us the way of salvation." And well, mm-hmm. not a word she said was wrong. You know, it was all true. No. But then, 
but then, you know, it was true, but what was wrong with it? Something was wrong with it. But in, in this divination spirit, it's, you know something is wrong with it, but you don't know what it is, you know? Mm-hmm. And right. I think, so what, what it was was she was practicing witchcraft, fortune-telling. Um, a lot of people, I mean, women, oh, oh, some of these, are, they're very good at it. I don't know if the men are as clever as the women at these seductive things. And so they can set their poor husbands up to just mash them, you know, um, into the ground, make them look like abusers and all kinds of things. And sometimes maybe they are. But a lot of times it's just the woman being very treacherous to get the, the custody of the kids or to get, you know, whatever she wants. And she doesn't care how she gets it, you know. So that's yeah, very, by the well, way, eight, go ahead. Well, in Jezebel, you know, because a woman is embittered against her husband or um, because he's been, because of his things in his own life, through neglect or misuse of authority, then she Mm -hmm. operates because of insecurity or jealousy or um, a desire to control or dominate because of just being... um, Feel, feeling like, well, because she's been hurt so bad. And so then, it, but the problem is, is um, humiliating her husband or belittling him in front of people or, you know, the then going into the sexual immorality or um, the control and manipulation, mm-hmm. even in, in that, trying to get their own way. And it's... It's sad because I think in that type of person where the the enemy has just totally and gotten them to believe the lies that mm-hmm. that it is hard for a husband to even stand up to mm-hmm. somebody like that, you know, because what do you do with mm-hmm. yeah. you know when you're being belittled, when you're being you're you manipulated. Right, and the husband starts feeling, well, maybe I can't do this. Maybe I feel yeah. that, you know, yeah. I, I'm, I can't make it. I'm, I've got to... Oh, I can't do anything right. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, I think that's really because men want to succeed. Their thing is about success and women's people. I mean, women's thing is about safety. But with men, they're very sensitive. Um, speaking of sensitive, hold on. I'm going to give you the phone number. We need to hear some, from some of you guys. I suppose no men are, are listening tonight because we have girl talk going on. But anyway, you can call in if you're a man. It's okay. We're yeah. not going to yeah. boycott you. Um, actually, we hope you do listen. But the number is mm-hmm. 347-215-8051. 347-215-8051. And I don't think there's anything that's more painful um, in uh, in our lives than relationships. And I think, you know, those the hurts and the brokenness in the heart the, the betrayal, the disrespect. But going back to this idea, you know, if you're already kind of weak and, and uh, I don't know, um, poorly, not strong in your identity of who you are, and you're looking for the woman to make you feel good, and, and she's kind of like the prize, and you wear her on your arm and whatnot, but, <clears throat> and she's not happy being there because she wants other things and more things, and pretty soon you're starting to feel like, I can't make this woman happy. I can't do anything right for her. And I think this is one of the big, big, big problems with men. Um, they can't, they feel like 
they can't do, they can't please her. I think they want to please, they want to be praised. Um, And Mm -hmm. so when they're not feeling like they're making their wife happy, um, Mm -hmm. they, they can get pretty mad or they say, you know, I mean, uh, feeling like they're not good enough. And once a man starts to go down that road, not good enough, um, then you have shame and guilt and fa- failure and self-talk, and it goes round and round. I can't do anything right. Uh, and so, um, and then, you know, if, if there is an issue where they need to be, you know, confronted on something, you can't talk to them about it because it, they just go immediately into that um, self-condemnation mode and it's you know you can't even get onto a subject of hey the faucet is leaking uh it's not about you because they're taking it up to be their failure of fixing the faucet or you know whatever um so what do you right. see in in terms of the guys that you work with and um in that particular thing of feeling deflated uh, can't do anything right stupid kind of feeling stupid not confident well, pretty much just wanting to give up and just sure. throw in the towel and say, enough, I can't, I can't do anything anyway. So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and even in Christian men that know that, and sometimes just hanging on for dear life going, okay, I will just continue to do, you know, what I need to do. If, you know, mostly if there's children involved and, and being the best dad that I can be. And, but, the problem is is that he needs to see who he is. And I know in the book, um, I have a lot of guys actually read the Wild at Heart book by mm-hmm. um, John Eldridge mm-hmm. and because he talks about um, that they do have what it takes because uh-huh. God has put it in them mm-hmm. that it's, it's an, I mean, he's he's put it in a man to be a man, but it's, it, he needs men to be able to, it's like that in Titus where it talks about the older women and the teaching the younger women and the older men teaching the younger men to be who God created them to be. And we need mm-hmm. that. We need we need that back. <laughs> I don't. I we we don't yeah. see it enough. That well, I think we, I think part of the reason we don't see it is number one, uh, it's terrifying. Because I know a lot of people that I've counseled, and they're both bullheaded, they're butting heads, they're kind of locked mm-hmm. horns, and nobody wants to give in first because they're afraid mm-hmm. if they give in, then then the other one wins. And you know, I mean, this there's so many marriages that just kind of go over the cliff, and their horns are locked, and everybody loses because nobody wants to be the first one to say I'm sorry or apologize. And I think commenting on what you just said about men. A lot of them, you know, they just find a, pl- a place, a role. They kind of passively, aggressively put up with. They become, you know, just the the breadwinners. They stay out of her way. Um, if they're going to stay in the marriage, just stay out of her way. Uh, don't try to, you know, put down any rules. Um, you know, and then the kids, of course, see all that, and they're playing their games with putting uh, pitting one against the other. Or the man will get very... Um, a, disheartened with the relationship and go find a woman who will praise him mm-hmm. or, um, uh, you know, exalt him and, you know, swoon over him or whatever, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why we have a lot of affairs. <clears throat> I think, mm-hmm. you know, affairs are an interesting thing. I had a, not very long ago, uh, a person, a woman who was talking about um, having affairs. She says it's, 
it's there's no responsibility with having an affair. It's not like you have to. Um, I mean, it, it's easy. It's fun. Uh, it's not real work. It's not real life. It's not grinding it out. It's not, you know, the everyday journey of, of the ordinary and just, you know, the drudgery of of boring married life, you know. And so if you can spice it up with a little affair. And I think some people, I never thought of that before, but I guess people are looking for a way to, um, you know, get out of the boredom, the ho-hum. And, the, and so, and that's interesting. With an affair, there isn't, you're not making a commitment. All you're doing is, you know, selfishly pursuing something at the expense of many, many other people that you have, you know, committed love, a promise to love and take care of. And so you're just being pretty selfish. Um, so uh, what do you say about affairs? Am I being too hard on those people or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think you're being too hard. But there is, I believe, there's a spirit behind that. And I just because of what actually mm-hmm. that would bring to my book that <laughs> Dennis and I, um, I've written a book. It's called Come, Come Away. And... Mm-hmm. Um, in there, um, it's our story about what happened in our lives. And Uh the biggest culprit was an unloving spirit. And Mm -hmm. um, when you don't love yourself, Mm -hmm. um, really that originates, you know, where where does it come from is really a spirit of rejection. Mm -hmm. And And everybody starts... In your family, it, probably the family of origin starts there. Is they they you become the victim, mm-hmm. and so then you have, you know, you're you're being victimized, or mm-hmm. you know they're telling everybody's telling you that it's your fault. So here, this little guy is, and and I'm talking about men because of my own husband. He's, you know, and, and he's told me I can say whatever I want to about him to them. <laughs> won't say oh. anything horrible, but anyway, he's, you There's know. probably but, nothing horrible to, be, to say anyway. No, <laughs> wonderful, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But the, you know, people victimizing or being victimized at school or, you know, mm-hmm. in families or, you know, everything's your fault. Um, and just, yeah. and, and, and you become, you know, I can't do anything right. Why was I mm-hmm. born? I have nothing mm-hmm. to offer. I can't measure up. I am mm-hmm. less, you know, I'm less than anybody, everybody else. God does not yeah. like me. I don't like mm-hmm. the way I look. I don't belong mm-hmm. here. You know, so you go into mm-hmm. this pit and then that spirit just continues to speak to you throughout your mm-hmm. life. And then when you get married and you have a wife that isn't building you up and telling you how wonderful you are and how great you are, and and she's not the one that can even do that for you, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. I, so you, the man, can't can't build. Um, for for me, he couldn't mm-hmm. do anything for me. He, I mean, mm-hmm. not in that place. That that's God. God has yeah. to take that right. place. Yeah, exactly. Because he loves us unconditionally, accepts us just the way we are. And when we Mm -hmm. don't know who our true identity is. Until we find Jesus. Yeah. 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 But even after we find Jesus, we're still, it's in the the process of (laughs) sanctification. You know, and I think a lot of us bring our wounds and our, our discouragements, our lies into our marriages. 
and we we try to build uh, a better life. We're going to try it, you know, this time married. We're going to do it over. We're going to do it right this time, whatever we're going to do. But we mm-hmm. still bring in all the old junk, the old mindsets, the belief systems, and you're talking about that unloving spirit. Well, if that unloving spirit is t- taking every brick out that you're putting in, you're not going to build a very nice house or, um, right. you know. And back to identity, um, the, the whole the whole general purpose of the enemy is to destroy our sense of goodness and set us up in opposition mm-hmm. to ourselves, divide and conquer. So Jesus said it this way, he's a strong man comes to plunder the house. And so as a little child, if you're set up with, the, you know, let's just say you're abused. Uh, the sins, a lot of times we're suffering from the sins that were committed against us. Maybe you were sexually abused. Maybe you were exposed to pornography. Maybe you were abandoned. Maybe your, your parents uh, did drugs. Who knows? Um, whatever happened, um, there's, there's only a couple things that, that you can really do about all that. And one of them is to release the crimes to God. Forgive them and know that it's not you. It's not about you, although the devil tries to make it all your fault mm-hmm. and all about you. And so you bring in that into the marriage, you're already wounded, you know, heart wounds, paranoid, um, sad. Um, we're so formed by the time we're seven, ten years old that, I mean, seven to ten years old that, I mean, it's almost like the cement is already hardening and you already, mm-hmm. it's just so critical. Um, but a lot of women, they look at a guy like that and they like the way he looks and they, and they say, oh, well, I can fix that little thing about him. I can, you know, I can shape him up a little bit. I think a lot of women get married with that idea that you can fix them, you know, um, which is, a, which is, a, goes right back to, I believe, the idea that love is blind. I think um, yeah. if, if we saw everything down the road that we were going to go through for richer, for poorer and sickness and health, probably a lot more people would not even dare to step off that uh, up to a step up to that altar to say, I do, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people, I think what's the marriage divorce rate now about 50% or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. It doesn't help much, but yeah. back. Yeah. So go ahead. Um, tell me a little bit more about what we, you know, we're talking about, um, what people think of love. What do they think love is? Um, you know, they've notions from their childhood. Um, is there any kind of telltale signs that someone, when they're, they're looking at someone to get married or maybe they're in a marriage right now and they see some symptoms, some signs, some things that maybe are indicating that their relationship is heading for the rapids, the rocks. What, what would you kind of tell them to look for or be aware of? Well, I think if you're looking at, um, you where that scripture says that Lord, if there's any, you know, search me and know me. If there be any wicked way in me, you know, mm-hmm. root it out. And I think that's that willingness to um, the biggest thing is the willingness to share each other's lives, to be able to um, talk with each other and tell each other your secrets. And to be able to do Safe. that, you're you're, you're going to have right, and you're you're being honest with one another. Yeah. I think that's a good way of going. Okay, this mm-hmm. guy is a good guy, or well, but for but the opposite is like what you were asking. I think if you see bitterness, I think if you see mm-hmm. envy hurt. and jealousy, yeah. Yeah. the hurt, the uh, rejection, self-rejection, their negative talk. Um, mm-hmm. They they can't forgive people. 
Right. You know, um, I I yeah. think you know, or an entitlement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, narcissism. Yeah, mm-hmm. I narcissism is is a messy, messy spirit because they don't see it at all. They just mm-hmm. don't see it. But um, and going back to communication for a minute, like you were just saying, trusting, mm-hmm. um, sharing secrets. Um, you know, the key word in communication I've always said is safety. And what that means is basically you're, I'm going to tell you something about me and if, I, if you will keep it confidential or if you'll, mm-hmm. you'll not find fault with me or you'll still love me even after you know that, mm-hmm. then I will tell you the next thing. I mean, it's kind of like building mm-hmm. that rapport, that, that trust issue, the trust. But if, if people, you know, you say something and then later on it comes out in another conversation with another person or it comes out in a fight it comes out used as an arrow against you, um, there's, you'll not, that does not build trust and safety, and you will not um, see that marriage going deeper. You'll see it kind of leveling off, and people are just kind of adapting, putting up with roommate type of things, um, you know, mm-hmm. because, but you won't see the growth or the depth of love and, and true, um, just true compassion for one another. I think this, this was, you have to fight because the enemy is all about selfish. He's all about not good enough. He's all about feelings. How do I feel? I feel got to be feeling good, feeling better. I can't do anything, you know, right. Or I've got, it's, it's all up to me. Whatever it is, it's all about me. It's all about me, 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 mm-hmm. me, me. You know, mm-hmm. um, speaking of me, <laughs> Um, let's do a commercial break right now. Maybe we can get the people to find their phones. I'm going to give you the number before we do the break, and we're going to do a, a little quick. Uh, actually, I'm just going to do a, a little um, commercial right here on relationships God's way. But the number, if you can find your phone, give us a call, challenge us, talk to us, tell us your story, ask us a question. Three four seven two one five eight zero five one. Don't be shy. It's pretty anonymous out there. Um, <laughs> we're pretty nice people, right, Kathy? But, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I wrote a book called Relationships God's Way, Doing Relationships God's Way, because I saw in my own counseling so many people who were just, I mean, there's some basics, um, you know, and, and the basics are, you know, your relationship with yourself, and that includes your, how you see yourself, even how the enemy's given us this idea of who we are. We need to get back to the truth about who God says we are. So that's the basis for every relationship we'll ever have is the one you have with yourself. And if you're screwed up, your relationships with others are going to kind of reflect that dysfunction and that need and that neediness, um, that whether it's an addiction or codependency or whatever it is. And, and our relationship with God, that's, that's the key because once you are tapped into the love of God, that becomes the love that we can use to forgive one another. Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, debates, I think theological stuff going on about God, the devil, but really the rubber hits the road. The Bible really, you know, becomes real and relevant when it is applied within your own home and your own family. So I I would really encourage you to check out our website, liferecovery.com. And it's, uh, these, there's both a set, a CD set and, um, and a manual. You can actually, I know some, a group is doing this in their Bible study right now, which is kind of cool. Um, it's called Relationships God's Way. And um, don't be afraid to learn some new things. Don't be afraid to let go of some things. Don't be afraid to walk in the truth because 
you know, really it's so much easier than walking in all the preconceived ideas and holding on to the hurt and the bitterness and the anger and the unforgiveness. It's just, that's exhausting. And also it's very unhealthy. So I would say that's what we want to talk about with our, um, you know, in giving a commercial on that. But back to you, Kathy, um, as we kind of are talking about relationships, when you get someone who comes into your office, let's say they're, um, they're kind of at the last straw. You know, they're kind of like, this is the, you're, you're their last hope. Um, and they're going at it. Um, what do you, what do you, where do you start? Do you do anything particular on that? Or do you just kind of let them duke it out? What do you do? Well, <laughs> usually I, I meet with them separately first. Okay. And then just getting to each one of their root things, because mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to just come in and go, he said, she said, and yep. and you really want to, that, that person, I mean, honestly, it's, it's not the husband and wife. It's, it's not them against each other. It's mm-hmm. really the enemy has duped both of them mm-hmm. and believing those lies and it's getting your stuff and it, it's and it's seeing how how do we really how are we really supposed to function as mm-hmm. as a, a husband and wife, but as an individual person with Christ? It, you know, right. have we made Him Lord of our lives? Have yeah. we mm-hmm. have, have we gotten the stuff from our past? You know, have we forgiven? Have mm-hmm. we you know clean up the the mess yeah. in, in the past first? Because yeah. mm-hmm. when you do that. Because otherwise, when you're fighting, you're really what happens is you're reverting back to wherever that hurt is. Yep. You're going mm-hmm. right back there. So you're hitting something mm-hmm. in each other, a wound in each other. So it, it's not going to ever get better unless yeah. you can really, because it's one per- person getting well at a time. It's it's not that mm-hmm. if you're willing to go, okay, God, you you show me that I'm accepted. You show me that I have a purpose here, that there's, you know, and yeah. I can be secure in you first. Yeah. And that's... Yeah. And one of the things I do, well, you know, it's interesting, sometimes you'll get one in, like the husband will come and the wife won't come, or the wife will come and the husband won't come. So you kind of have that issue sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you can get them both in. But I like to do that, mm-hmm. like you, I like to talk with them individually. And it's interesting, uh, usually the first one in, I mean, will, if they're, if they're over-presenting the, the faults of their mate, then I'm a little, mm-hmm. I got some red flags raised there. And I remember a couple of times, um, you know, the one that came in first, if I would have never met the other member of the, of the marriage, the other spouse, uh, I would have been totally duped. Because you know um, they presented so well, and I mean, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're, I don't know about you, but I mean, people can lie to me if they want to. Mm-hmm. You want to waste your money? You want to give me money so you can lie to me? I mean, get great. I mean, that's going to help you at all. But you know, <laughs> wasting your time, your money, everything. If you're coming to me, talk to me and tell me the truth. So I assume most people are telling me the truth. But I remember one time this gal came in and she was telling me how abused she was and how her husband was so, so. Uh, he was just so arrogant and it was all about him and he didn't have any time yeah. for her and she'd helped him and da, 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 da. And, um, you know, I, I thought, well, he's a real jerk. You know, I thought this mm-hmm. for myself. Um, and uh, after a while, I don't know, months, a couple months later, he showed up 
And he began to talk to me about what was going on and why he was so angry all the time. And, and, um, cause you know, anger is an interesting thing. Um, the mm-hmm. anger is, is an, I call it an energy and a sensitivity to injustice. And so there was an injustice that had happened in the marriage that was making him very angry and he was reacting out of anger. Not to say anger is okay, but he didn't know why he was angry. So you can't really fix it if you don't know. But what had happened was, as I, um, listen to the story was that they got married and they were both, you know, knew each other somewhat. I mean, they were young and whatever, but then they worked together in this marriage for quite a while, worked pretty hard together and tried to make, you know, set up their business and blah, 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 blah. But during the course of, of time, she actually changed. She did something in, you know, I mean, began to believe a whole different set of values and, and, changed and so what happened was he was no longer married to the wife he had been married to i mean it was a different person same body but a different person and he didn't know that he couldn't quite figure out what had changed what had happened but he was not happy and so when we looked at it it, god just showed him and he all of a sudden just really started to own what he needed to own and repented and 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 began to pray for her and and the more he began to pray for her, the harder she got. She just did not want to have any, you know, she had really, you know, been, I think, if you could, you know, deceived or taken out uh, by the enemy. Something had happened and she was no longer the same woman he'd married. So, um, you know, going back to the anger thing, uh, that's the, the sensitivity to injustice. There was an injustice. It wasn't fair. His wife had gone away, and he didn't realize it. And it wasn't really particularly over anything he had done. It was just something the devil kind of came in and seduced her. It's like a lot of times people come in, they'll have an affair, they're getting bored, they're getting, you know, they're whatever, and they're just weak. And the enemy comes in, uh-huh. seduces them, and they do something, whether it's betray the other mate, the, the mate somehow, or their family. Um, and so there's an, an injustice. And that injustice then becomes the source. The enemy now plays both sides. So now he's got the, the one mad at the other one for the injustice, and they won't forgive. They don't know what's wrong. And it just becomes like they're thinking fast. And so mm-hmm. um, so I think one of the keys is, is to, first of all, ask yourself, why am I mad? What's what's so irritating about what is? I think a lot of men are, are married to a woman who is a bit of a Jezebel, or I'm not saying that all women are. I'm not no. saying that, but I'm saying that's a hard one to identify. And uh, that, that spirit of witchcraft control, it can also be in men, don't get me wrong. But when you can't quite put your finger on it, you just kind of get annoyed, you get irritated, and then you make you make you you back up. You say, I'm not going to be part of this. I, I don't want to be part of this marriage anymore. I, I'm just going to you know, be quiet, stay away, stay at the office longer, whatever, whatever. And so when you can't identify the injustice, it's pretty hard to forgive. So you ask the Lord, what, what's making me mad here? What's not right? What's been stolen from us? What's the enemy doing here? Let's blame the enemy for a change. You know, I don't know. Does that mm-hmm. kind of relate to anything you've seen? Yes, it's you know, it's just the the, the hurt in people's mm-hmm. hearts. It goes back to that, you know, and, yeah. and you know how mistrust. how did like yeah the mistrust. And and mm-hmm. when it's always the blame, it's yeah. not like you know 
taking or getting rid of the record of wrongs, getting you know, being able to forgive, being able to sit down and go, okay, what did you really mean by what you just said? Or yes. you yep. know, the communication to be able to communicate yep. and to, to, but if you're shut down because of you're just yep. getting blasted constantly, yeah, yep. you know, and and you you're feeling, well, I can't do anything right, anything that comes out of my mouth, you know, and you do need to get some godly counsel to find out what what is that root so that you're not you are becoming i guess you are becoming who god created you to be instead of shrinking mm-hmm. back and listening continuing to listen to the enemy's lies mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and finding out that hey i do have something to offer here i i'm not it, the, the enemy is the bad guy it's He's mm-hmm. the one that's bringing in these, yeah, right, you know, the right. strife and the division and um, something we had talked yeah. about just the other day when I brought that strife and division up. Like that scripture, you know, where it says that where there's strife and division in, in um, James three, it says where there is strife and division, there there will be every evil work. Well, mm-hmm. what I would do in the past is I would actually forgive or or come and go repent or or you know but it was out of fear because I didn't want the enemy to come in and and I can see how the enemy was using that against me by just you t- talking to me just the other day out of mm-hmm. fear and yeah. so we do a lot of things out of fear and mm-hmm. even shrinking back I think that right. that's where the, From the man yeah. right and with 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 my husband, I think mm-hmm. what would happen with him is is he would just shrink back because I would be just so forceful and say, okay, I forgive you, and I, you know, let's work this out. And he's like saying, hey, wait, wait, you know, what's, you know, I, yeah, I'll forgive you, but there's still something going on here that we couldn't put our finger on. What, mm-hmm. you know, what's the root of mm-hmm. why we're at each other? Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. well. It could be something like, like you said. Um, I think sometimes either side can walk around on eggshells, being afraid to bring up an issue because that, you know, for example, um, the other person will get extremely defensive. I think, um, or they'll get edgy, reactive, defensive, and that then it it, it just goes nowhere. So to avoid the problem, the fight. You know the fight. We'll we'll just kind of like mm-hmm. okay, we'll just not say anything. But then you're living under um, the fear of not saying mm-hmm. something, so you're walking around in eggshells. So that's not honest. You can't have a relationship, a real relationship with anybody if you're not being honest with them, or if you're if it's too dangerous to be honest, honest with them. And so I think that's one of the big things that um, you know, like again, it goes back to safety and being able to talk. A lot of times. By the time they get to a counselor, they can't talk to each other anymore, and it's just they're kind of locked up. And it's fine to go to a counselor. That's awesome that you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I know the first the first thing first first question I'll ask them when they come and sit on my couch together, I'll say, "Well, do you guys want this marriage or not? I mean, do you want to be married? Because you know what? If they don't want to be married, I mean, obviously we hope and pray they do. But if they don't want right. to be married, then I'm not right. going to sit around and try to make it all good for them for another." two weeks and then they're going to come back. They've got to have that, that will, that commitment in their will. And that goes beyond your feelings. It's okay. Whatever what takes here, we're going to look at this thing. 
Um, you know, and sometimes people discover themselves after they're married. Like maybe you didn't realize you were a victim of sexual abuse until you're 35 years old and you've been married for 12 years. I mean, you just don't always know what's going on. So I, Mm -hmm. I think we need to have mercy. The Bible says in uh, Ephesians, it says, um, in Ephesians chapter four, verse, um, 29, it says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for the necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. Well, the first place you want that grace to be imparted to is your own spouse. I mean, sometimes in times we see, it seems like people are nicer to strangers than they are to their own family, which is very sad. And then it says, mm-hmm. let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be done away, be put away from you with all malice or quarrelsomeness. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, loving, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgave us. You know, that's the golden rule. That's the simplest rule for marriage. Do unto others, do unto, as you would have them do unto you. Um, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's all easy, but it's not easily applied. I mean, because it, it takes truth. It takes getting to the lie. And I think this is why our counseling is way more effective, because we actually don't just try to give them the 10 easy rules for conflict resolution or the how to resolve this or that. We actually take them to the root in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, and He shows them what. And then, and yeah. then it becomes, you know, it's not blaming them. It's not I'm choosing your side. It's about the lie told to you by the liar, and this gives them a whole new look. And then when you throw the generational history in there, it, it really starts to make sense to them. But um, let's let's switch a bit, switch it up just a tad. And um, talk a bit after we get back from a break here. Let's do a break now. We'll do another commercial. Um, uh, we'll let Des pick the commercial she wants to do. And when we get back, Kathy, let's talk about young girls and picking husbands. How about that for a minute? That should be interesting. That will be an interesting topic. <laughs> okay. We'll be back in a minute, people. I want it, and I want it now. Chocolate. A juicy burger with everything. A turtle brownie latte overload. A cold beer. That guy over there. That lady at the counter. Cravings. Intense desires that demand satisfaction often rule our lives. Our cravings have formed habits we can't break, even though they are breaking us. The more we try to take control of our lives, the more out of control our lives become. And we end up doing more and more of what we really don't want to do. In Marjorie Cole's Cravings Manual or CD, you'll find rock-solid answers to your dilemma. No more crazy diets, guilt, denial, white-knuckling, or endless frustration. Just a release of truth from the book of Romans that will set you on the path to freedom you never thought you'd have. To receive your copy or CD of Cravings, just go to www.liferecovery.com. That's www.liferecovery.com. Okay, cravings. I want it. I want it. I want it. And that's kind of <laughs> that's the way pe- people are raised these days, isn't it? Kids, I want it. I want him. I want her. I got to have them. They'll make me happy. You know, it's all that kind of controlling, owning things. And I think you know we go after people like property and young girls. Um, talk to me, Kathy, about what you've seen with the young women who've come through um, maybe your counseling or those who are participating. In girl talk, what's going on out there with the girl, with the gals, the young gals? 
they want to be loved. They want to mm-hmm. be, um, and they, they're choosing men that some are, I mean, some are on the right path that they're, they have gotten, you know, they've, they've been able to, um, go to their parents and, you know, they're bringing home the guy there and mm-hmm. but a lot of them aren't. They're just going out yeah. with whoever and yeah. it's it's dangerous because who oh, yeah. they're you know, who they God wants you to be you know, not unequally yoked, but to be yoked with a believer. To yeah. be and yeah. I think that's number one is why even look yeah. in those well, places. Here, yeah. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. No, most girls, young men and women don't really care about what God wants at that point. Not not judging them all, but I mean, mm-hmm. they're in it for what they've learned. They it, it's got it's all about look. It's about fashion. It's about you know sex. It's about fun. It's about whatever. In the old old olden days, way before we were born, the the parents would had had a lot to do with the selection of the mate. Um, even even in birth, they were you know hooking together certain kids with certain kids, and and um, I guess in some cases it might have been very difficult, but nobody thought of it as bad. They just kind of did it, and um, and they learned to love one another, and they learned to. Um, I mean, I'm I'm not endorsing that right now, but the thing is, as you mentioned, they they don't bring them home. Um, I really think it's important for the parent, especially the father to approve of the um the people the the what who their daughters are going out with and I think the fathers have a right to um go there and protect their daughter and dis- di- you know discern this young man see who he is and cuz a lot mm-hmm. of times I I think we don't think our parents know anything because somehow they missed being teenagers sure. I don't know they didn't you know they just don't know what's going on out there they're so out of it but Really, they're not. Um, they're pretty, if they're, especially if they care about you and they've been involved in your life up to this point. You think about it, a girl that's 16, let's say, or 17, I mean, she's got three or four, maybe five of the most dangerous years ahead of her, starting about, you know, maybe even younger than that. But at any moment, moment one false move can get her pregnant um, and can get her married to the wrong person and uh, marrying the wrong person is about like I mean that's about the worst thing you can probably do, although maybe mm-hmm. he's not the wrong person. But at, you know if there's abuse and there's other things going on, it can really it'll change your life. It'll change. I mean, it, for in one second, you can go from being a college graduate, having a good job, a healthy family, a good lifestyle with you know the the money and the job and the things that you you know really have a heart on set for. Uh-huh. Into being, you know, a single parent mom, you know, on welfare, um, lost in an abortion clinic. I mean, there's just a ton of different things. And, and young women um, just don't realize they're, I think, more vulnerable than the guys um, in some ways. Um, not to say that guys can't be seduced, but what do you what do you try to tell them when you see that they're not they're rebellious, they're hurt, they don't want the dad to, to meet this the kid. Maybe the dad's not even there. Um, what do you say? How do you, I mean, I mean, I bet you there's people listening right now that have that right now. Their, their daughters are learning to, um, you know, you know, make their own decisions and kind of 
not taking the advice of their parents, maybe starting to do some drugs, hanging with these boys that are very questionable. Um, what's going on there? Well, I, I, I believe that, you know, mothers and fathers love their children. I mean, I don't don't deny that at all, but I, I think when when you're not... Um, like you have your life is in the fast lane. I mean, for mm-hmm. it seems like for everyone. So, mm-hmm. but it's it's taking that time to be interested in what they're interested in, and mm-hmm. and just spending that time with them for that communication to be there. So that I mean, it really starts when they're really little. I mean, it, it really does. It's tucking them in. It's you know, every night and having that, being able mm-hmm. to talk to them. I mean, it really starts there. But if you haven't been doing that, it's still, it's never too late to mm-hmm. start talking with your your yeah. daughter, start talking yeah. with your son and, and yeah. speaking life into them and, and saying, you know, what's, what's evil out there and what, mm-hmm. and they may blow you off, but they're or, still... Yeah. I I, act- I believe there's still <laughs> exactly um mm-hmm. it's 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 still because you have taken the time to do that they want yeah. that love they want that attention they I mean we were we are all created to be loved that, mm-hmm. that's how God created us so it, you spend that time they will start opening you opening up to you yeah. if too the same thing what you had said earlier about you know if you're not going to like tell everybody everything that you're right right they're telling you the bible says love love covers the multitude of faults and i think that's what that means it just means i'm not going to blab everything about you Mm -hmm. um that you've told me but you know I, i going back to this again i think kids are real sensitive to honesty and truth and when they find hypocrisy and lying and double standards they have no tolerance i think teenagers are more critical of um, their parents at that age because they're trying to really figure out what's really right, what's not right. And, and so they're super critical and they're quick to throw out a lot of things. And, and you're very right about, I'd say, that the most important thing you need to do is keep the communication lines open. And if you have been a hypocrite, if you've made a mistake, dad, mom, if you've made a mistake and you probably have, you need to okay. tell them, I am sorry, I ask you to forgive me. And don't just say it, you know, kind of, blank check say you know this is what i did i i discourage i i think i discouraged you when i did blah 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 and such and such get specific um and 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 i think we need to apologize to all of our kids for the way we've lied to them in general um through the media through um movies through all this stuff that we put up with and don't don't um you know, speak out against. And so they're thinking, well, it must be okay. They didn't say anything. So by the time you get this girl to 15, 16, uh, I had a client and it was just, it's really sad, but she's a very bright girl, um, 15, 16. And um, she started acting out just terribly. Um, going, Going with this boy was just what we'll call bad news. I know no kid is bad news, but anyway, um, she, she just started going with them. Um, him and her parents were freaking out and uh so she just um kind of went to the drugs went to the whole thing and come to find out that really what was going on was was that her 
her father was having an affair and um and she knew it and she mm. was thinking you know if you're going to do this i have no respect for you i don't want to listen to you i and and so she was going to go off and do her own thing at at her own expense it's like i am going to get pregnant now she didn't say this but some sometimes it goes like this I am going to hurt myself. I am going to get pregnant just to, to teach you a lesson so that you have to suffer. But they don't realize that they're hurting themselves in order to to get even. It's like this is not making any sense. Why would I put my own life in jeopardy just to make my parents pay? You know, because you're going to pay too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's mm-hmm. their, their depth of reasoning maybe isn't quite there yet. So, But that rebellious thing and that uh, ingratitude, I think, uh, the, the entitlement for kids these days too it really blocks them from sacrifice and suffering. Um, you know they don't know, they don't appreciate the suffering sacrifice that their parents are going through, um, and or maybe parents are just doing it to buy their love because they've you know neglected them in other ways. I don't know, but we really don't learn how to do much suffering. I mean we don't endorse it, we don't advocate it, we try to avoid it, we don't endure. Um, we just want what we want right now because it feels good. So I know it sounds like, I, like I'm lecturing, but if somebody will call yeah. in, <laughs> you won't have to listen to my lecturing anymore. Three four seven two one five eight zero five one. Surely there's got to be one brave person out there that can ask a question or give us a comment. Um, Kathy, go ahead. More about your young ladies. What do you say? Well, you know, God, God created us to to be accepted and to be loved and to know security and to have a purpose. And when we see everything so messed up yeah. and, you know, there's, and so many young people yeah. have, have been, they've been duped into well, look, yeah. believing well, it, well, all. It, yeah, exactly. I was just thinking when you were saying that so messed up is, like all those, um, I know the, the infatu- infatuation or fascination with the vampires and the vampire movies and mm-hmm. girls being attracted to vampires. I was, oh my, are we that desperate? What is the, you know, the point here? The the forbidden, um, taming that that that. And I, I'm sure that this is this is all demonic. There has to be some, you know. Uh, seduction, enticement, lies, deception, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you might want. But but the the popularity of these things, like the witchcraft, the wizards, the vampires, the zombies, these kids are being so exposed. And then in their music groups, I mean, even Christian groups that are giving them horrible, horrible lyrics sometimes. Not all of them, of course. I'm not throwing everybody in right. there, but... Um, you know, giving the, the deception, the the, um, the depression, the suicidal thoughts, uh, all of this. Is, what hope is there for a kid? Um, yeah, I might as well just live it up. I might as well just go out and have sex because it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not even going to be here for another 10, 15 years anyway. So you just throw their life away. That's kind of a, maybe that's kind of a, one of the ways they look at life. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but they, the- the sad part is that then it opens them up to such a horrible, um, just oh. the, the guilt and the shame. Then, yeah. 
that the yeah. enemy, after he gets us to do something, yeah. Um, yeah. well, that we buy the lie. It's not that he yeah. gets us to do anything. He can't. But yeah. it's it, when we buy that lie that, yeah. you know, we should just go have sex or we should just go and do mm-hmm. whatever because, you know, I'm ticked or I'm mad. And, and then he comes in and he causes us, you know, to to feel regret yeah. and to feel, you know, the well, shame and guilt and yeah. the spike yeah. Yeah, yeah, he plays us on both side of that, of the sides of that torture rack. I mean, a lot of times if kids are being promiscuous, uh, sexually promiscuous, or, um, you know, they've already been probably sexually abused, or there's some sexual stuff going on in their family of origin or the generational bloodline. So those walls have been weakened, those doors have been opened, and it's harder for them to stay pure. But a lot of times, if, if, you, if you are a, 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 a person who's been sexually abused as a child, um, you're going to already have that sense of um, being ruined uh, and then you go to that place of I don't matter, it doesn't matter, recklessness, carelessness because I've already been ruined, destroyed, my life is basically over and so they don't care. They just do not care. Um, I think this becomes a real problem for a lot of people uh, to overcome that spirit of recklessness. Um, and of course, then you add to in it things like we talked about last week about that spirit of stupor and the spirit of I can't concentrate. Um, and, you know, we're down for the count. It's not, it's really, I mean, if you understand the spiritual battles that go on here, it all makes sense. Uh, but mm-hmm. then if you're going to really understand the spiritual battles, you need to start dealing with the, the spirits and, and the, they come through the lies and, and um, the truth will set us free. But it doesn't come without repentance. It doesn't come without breaking agreements. And a lot of times people are proud. They don't want to admit they're wrong. Um, and, you know, they'll do things that they know are, is wrong. And their conscience knows that the Holy Spirit's telling them, but they, they're too proud to say or too stubborn to say or too scared to say or whatever that I, I made a mistake, you know, because they're afraid maybe that they'll be rejected or laughed at or whatever. So um, and then what about peer pressure? Talk to me about that a little bit. Well, peer pressure is, you know, at at any age, I believe, is, you know, try to get everyone to do what they're, you know, other people are doing so that they're not alone in it. And the sad thing is, is is it causes that same scenario as being hurt, being Mm -hmm. um just going down the wrong path and then you are living again with shame and the guilt and yep. condemnation and regret and then, yep. and then regret. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, I yeah. just talk to well, the yeah. parents again as parents, they, the kids really do need you. It's not like they don't, it, it, they yeah. may say they don't, but mm-hmm. they do. They, yeah. they definitely do. They, they, they want. need you. They need you in different ways than they be, need, needed you before. I mean, they don't need you maybe to, mm-hmm. you know, um, wrap them up in a blanket. But they need you to be there to protect them, to teach them, um, to show mm-hmm. an interest. I think that's the most important thing. Again, showing that interest. But you know, bitterness. A lot of times, young girls. Um, well, you know, the Bible says, "Fathers, do not provoke your children." Um, do not become bitter against your wives. Well, that that bitterness is that swallowed anger. It's that you know that unresolved conflict. They can't really um, put their finger on it. Maybe what's making them mad, but they're not going to, you know, give mom dad the satisfaction of 
of you know teaching them anymore. They they're 18 now, so it's the magic magic freedom uh, comes at 18. You know, but you know some women I know and men too, um, of course, because the devil is no respecter of persons. Um, are just, they they are working their way back. You know, they're even long time into their into their lives. They're they're now 20, 30, 35, and they're still working their way out of a hole that they might have dug a long time ago. And then, you know, I got to say something about this guilt thing. Um, when you when you make a mistake and you feel guilty, of course, that's what <laughs> that's what the devil's hoping. Then mm-hmm. that guilt sets you up for the ride. Because you did, the next bad thing comes, and now you deserve that, and the next bad thing comes, and yep, I had that coming, and yep, I don't deserve this anymore because I'm bad, I'm no good, I, I blew it. I, and so you just keep agreeing with the next nasty, bad, horrible thing that comes down your lifeline, and pretty soon all the good things are gone. You're very discouraged. You're feeling like, you know, my life is just a reinforcement of the fact that I'm terrible, and I, and I don't have a right to expect anything good anymore. And I, that's, a, that's a real problem because, you know, young people who make a mistake, um, they have to forgive themselves. They have to say, you know what, I was tricked. I was set up, I was tricked by the devil, and I think we need to pull the devil into the equation a whole lot more than we do. Um, I know most people don't. They think it's just uh, overdone. But the devil has worked hard to just kind of become very obscure in this whole scheme of things. But nothing here makes any sense. Why would we act the way we do? Why would we be so whacked out um, if there's not a reason for it, you know? And there's a reason for it, obviously. But, yeah. So back to girl talk and, and choosing a good guy, choosing the right man. How, how do we go with that? What do we, what do we say to them? How do we help them? And how, what do you say to the parents? What do you, how do you work with that? I believe it's it's respect to when you're looking for someone. If I mean he's respectful towards his parents. Yeah, yeah. good um, idea. I think yeah. it's key. Um, and you're seeing love, and that's why you would have to meet, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, meet meet the other person's parents because you you oh, yeah. see how they're interacting with family yeah, that's members. A good idea. Mm-hmm. Siblings and um, just they're they're yeah. respecting your boundaries of how far you'll go on a date. I mean that's yeah. I think that that you have to decide that before you go out on a date. Yeah. I mean yeah. what even even in mm-hmm. I mean drinking or what you know mm-hmm. whatever yeah. you're mm-hmm. doing or mm-hmm. who you're hanging around with. What what are your limits? Yeah. What are yeah. your what do you what are yeah. you choosing to do? And it's that really is. It comes down to going. Okay, God, am I going to serve you, or am I going to serve, you know, everybody around me? You know, and do what they want. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Am I going to submit to God, resist the devil, and he has to flee, or am I mm-hmm. going to, you know, just succumb under the peer press pressure, and uh-huh. Um, well, I think I think you're to be who God wants you to be. Well, you know, I think that's a key word, respect. And I also like what you're talking about here with um, making your mind up ahead of time that I am worth it. I am worth a good life. I am worth, you know, the respect. I'm worth, um, you know, this person um, uh, honoring my 
my boundaries and my my decision. Mm-hmm. And I think you need to make that. Like I know they have now these pure, uh, purity rings or whatever they are, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, and stuff like that. And I think that's good. Um, but at the same time, we need the strength of the Lord to carry out these things. But at the same time, let's not jump into harm's way. I think another thing that you mentioned that goes along with respect is if you see that person, if you see that guy being super controlling, um, you know, like, and and it it can go both ways, but sometimes, you know, uh, they're just, and, and I think that it can go both ways for the guys too. If you see a gal, you're, you're liking her, and um, I had this interesting situation, I tell you, there's no end to interesting situations. And the, the, this young couple... Um, well, I don't want to be too specific, but, uh, well, sometimes people feel like God told them they're going to marry this other person. Um, and I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I, I knew I was not walking with the Lord at the time. I was, um, 19, had gone to college, saw this guy, it happens to be my husband, but at the time he was not my husband. And I poked my roommate and I said to her, as we were sitting in the, the freshman orientation class, and I saw him, you know, adjusting microphones, and he was going to be the MC for this thing. I said to her, I said, that's the one I'm going to marry. I didn't even know his name. I did not even know his name uh, or anything about him. If he had a girlfriend, if he was already married, I knew nothing about him. But but anyway, within, uh, let's see, that was um, uh, September. I think we were married by the next June, actually. I mean, and we've been married for 45 years, so it's all these excuses. Well, we were young, and we didn't go together very long and all this stuff. And, and you know, our wedding was very inexpensive. I think we spent a whole 500 bucks on the whole thing, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're still married. But but sometimes, you know, you see a person, and back in those days it was easier. Nowadays I think you should get a background check on everybody. I mean, if you have to get a background check to go to these high-fluting apartments and rent these these uh, luxury apartments, they will not let you in without a background check and a financial thing. You, you know, you, and, and that's just an apartment. So let's see if you're going to live with this guy for the rest of your life. I think it's okay if you don't, if you know him from childhood, that might be different. And that's right. really fortunate, you know. But um, right. I didn't get a background check on this guy, which was, you know, back in the day, I guess it wasn't quite as, as, as such an issue as it is now. But you know, you don't know what they have done, mm-hmm. where they've come from. They'll tell you a story. Uh, but if you can see, you'll see it. You don't have to, you know, have them. You just watch. Are they constantly being um, thoughtful and, and um, or are they starting to, you know, move in and start to control you? Women control fits and do drama and, you know, make that. I mean, these things, I mean, the most horrible stories, I think, are the ones where they change on the wedding night. I just think that's, I mean, that mm-hmm. is the. The scariest part, you've thought you were marrying this Prince Charming, and within, you know, the wedding night, the honeymoon, I mean, all of a sudden, they're just not that person, not that person you married. And now what do you do? Because um, now are you going to stick with that commitment, or is anybody going to believe you, or are you going to get out of it? What's kind of the deal? So it takes, do your homework, do your due diligence, you know, it's like, uh, it's like we do the due diligence for buying a house or for, you know, mm-hmm. looking for an apartment. Let's let's do the same with our people that we're going to marry, you know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I kind of... Well, and then you can go into a marriage and think that you really know that person. And you, it doesn't... <laughs> and because you are on your best behavior when you first 
get, yeah. I mean, and I don't want to yeah. discourage anybody from marriage, but <laughs> you do <laughs> you think that you do know them. But I, I guess the, my way, well, I've um, married a few couples and I take them through what you have taught me about mm-hmm. going through their their whole generational line and, mm-hmm. and getting to the roots of the things of why we do what we do. And mm-hmm. I think that is the best counsel to get before you get married because then let's clear the air before mm-hmm. because, you know what, nobody's perfect. Yeah. But to know you know, what is what is the root cause of what's going mm-hmm. on with you? And, and yeah. if, you know, mostly if somebody's willing to change, somebody's willing to go and the extra mile for the other person, and go ahead and do that. You know, that mm-hmm. I think that is probably the best advice that I could give yeah. somebody yeah. because it's, it's so, imp- it's vital. Like you yeah. said, the background check. Yeah, probably. I mean, I <laughs> I actually met met Dennis in a bar, and mm-hmm. he, the, our first date was we went to the state fair, and we ran into his parents, and we, I mean, he, they walk up to us, and he introduces me and says, this is the the woman I'm going to marry, and I look at him like, oh, good Lord. You know, <laughs> I, I had just... I had just come off a a relationship that went totally horrible and was swore to never having another relationship again. And, but then as I got to know Dennis and I mean, Mm. I told him all my junk that was in my past and he accepted me and loved me. And that's why I believe we've stayed together for 36 Mm -hmm. years is because We we disclose stuff that I'd never tell another soul, but yeah, that's, he, God, that's he awesome. knows every everything about me. That's and great, and he still I loves you. Think, and he still loves me, and he did back then. Yeah, <laughs> so and you know, and, and just, when you've got that foundation built, then when things come along as you go, you know, hard things you have to go through together, or whatever, or other things God brings into your life to to deal with. You can you have that foundation of that that loyalty. You have that relationship, and you have a, a strong foundation to go through these little these little big huge storms, whatever they are. But mm-hmm. yeah, awesome. Well, you know, and and again, I mean, I think in people's spirits, sometimes they do know that you know, like with Dennis, with me, like we're gonna this is the one you're gonna marry. Um, yeah. Even though, you know, even though you maybe say this makes no sense, and and then you have people who are looking for their. Uh, what do they call it? Their soulmate. soulmate. Um, yeah. And then some people get married just because they, it's time to get married and they got to find somebody and they got to, you know, they don't want to be an old maid or something here, you know, back in my day, um, I was going to college, you know, that's where we met. And, um, back in my day, if you were, if you were 20, you were an old maid. I mean, that was back in the day. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, um, so I was married at 19, but, um, so I just missed, I just missed the cutoff. I mean, I, I just was under the wire, I should say. But um, I said to myself, being as arrogant and, and, and liberal as I was at the time, which was mm-hmm. now, now it would look real conservative. Back then it was pretty liberal. I said, you know what, if I don't like him, I'm going to leave him. I just had that horrible lack of commitment. And here, I wasn't a Christian, like I said. And I thought, 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to give myself an out here. I, if I don't like him, I'm going to leave him. And I wasn't raised like that. I wasn't raised with divorce in the family and that sort of thing. So I was kind of weird, but, you know, that was a lie. That was a, an agreement I made in the beginning and not that, um, you know, I, I, I didn't realize at the time that, you know, you make these statements and things. I hear that he's the one I'm going to marry, but if I don't like him, I'm going to leave him. I mean, this makes no sense. Mm-hmm. So. It doesn't always make sense, but if you recognize you've made an agreement with some some stupid thing like that, you need to cancel it out. And uh, yeah. but going back to what you said a few minutes ago about um, discouraging people from getting married, um, I think that's what's happening. I think a lot of people are living together. They're trying to see if they can, you know, live with each other. They're going to try it out before they tie the knot, so to speak. Um, mm-hmm. What do you? What do you, is that? What's is that good? Is that bad what do you see i honestly don't think it works because what's happening is you are on your best behavior and after you get married you see they i mean uh-huh. if a, a man is um conquer <laughs> let's conquer yeah. the you know this situation and i think when he has that person then it's like then they put their guard down, and she does the same thing. It's it's mm-hmm. their it's well. I think it's she, not like yeah. It's not just conquer. I I, I agree. I mean, I think there's something mm-hmm. about that, but I think it's also covenant. I think when they're when you're married, mm-hmm. you're entering into a place where you can put your guard down. You can you don't have to be you know you can wear uh you know in the olden days they don't do that anymore probably but wear curlers to bed or whatever you know i mean you can laugh sure. yeah, all day <laughs> you know run around half the morning in your in your robe or something and you know you don't have to be um wearing your heels and your red lipstick all the time to be okay um so it, it's, it's kind of like that covenant says i love you um i'm with mm-hmm. you you know here's another day we get to be together um let's see what god has for us today but i don't believe you can really establish very strong marriages if there isn't God in the in the midst of it, really. And then, of course, again, you go back to the, the bad habits people have, like gambling, drinking, um, that sort of thing, lying, um, affairs. If there's those kinds of things in the bloodline, for example, if, you, if your father has affairs or your mother, um, those will try to show up again. You're just going to have to know that and, and get after that thing by canceling out the agreements with it and, declaring it to be sin and telling those demons who are going to try to make that happen mm-hmm. again to, to go to the pit. Um, de- declaration, forgiveness, forgiving the people who practice those things. We're not blaming them. We're just saying it came from them and it came from the ones beyond them. So it all keeps coming down the line. But, um, you know, a lot of people who are like, I, like you know, we're talking about living together. Uh, you can't really get the real feel for a marriage until you're married, you know. Um, that's what I Very say. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and to be forewarned and will be you're forearmed to be able to go into that relationship. Like I said, to go to the um, to the roots of why we're doing what we're doing, but being able yeah. to when we see somebody's fault to be willing to do that. And you don't right. really get that, I don't believe, when you're living yeah. with someone because yeah. they're not gonna disclose that unless they're yeah and 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 really the way god wants us to live is Mm -hmm. to be married yeah to be be pure when we get married well he wants yeah he wants that covenant there first for the sake and the safety of the children so that when they come 
that this household, this family is well established in God's blessing and not just, um, you know, doing their own thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, and, you know, another thing I'm thinking about is that I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there are some, and you can call me and tell me who you are and what you, but I don't hardly think any kids that are thinking about getting married really sit down and have a heart to heart talk with mom or dad or mom and dad together about this other person. What do you see? What do you think? Cause I think a lot of times they already don't respect their parents enough to value their opinion. Um, or they, 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 you just don't hear that. You say somebody's going to sit down and they have this. Okay, mom, dad, what do you think? I mean, they're afraid that they're going to be told no, or they're going to get rejected or mom, and dad, and aren't going to like them. But I just, I just think that it's uh, very important for parents to have uh, the kids to have the blessing of the parent and the parent to be able to give that blessing. Um, you know, I just think it's really important. Even in some ceremonies now, they have the parents uh, come up at the service and pray a blessing on their children, which I think is great. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, I just, and if your parent doesn't want that person or doesn't like that person, and, you know, um, then you're going to have to really bring it before the Lord and say, you know what, God, I want to honor my parents. Is there something here that you want me to know um, that maybe I can't see right now? Um, but so going back to um, the, 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 the first date or the dates and looking good and controlling, what are some other things that young ladies might look for as a telltale sign or a danger signal um, in, in, in looking for a husband? Anything come to your mind? Well, I think, well, anger. If that, oh, yeah. you know, yep. if yep. it's, you know, you're seeing anger, you're seeing um, that starting to controlling, mm-hmm. not not allowing you to have friends other than, yeah. you know, spending yeah. only time, only with with that person. I mean, you yeah. need to have a community of people that you're hanging with. It isn't. You're not just going off all by yourselves and, you know, because or, nobody yeah. else is really there to speak into your life, even your friends, because yeah. you're yeah. sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, like, like you said, that the parents, they're, they're probably afraid that they're going to say, oh, you're not going to like him or, you know, yeah. so they're not going to go and talk to, to talk to them. Yeah. But well, your yeah. friends, to hear yeah. your friends' hearts to, about the person you know, is, that's another. Yeah, that's another nice check. Yeah. Them. Yep. I think is that's important. I think you know because the, yeah, your friends know you pretty well. Hopefully, you're closer friends anyway, and not that you're getting their opinion. But I think many times, uh, if a friend is really a friend, they're going to say, eh, "I don't think that's a good idea." You know, and mm-hmm. I think you know, or if they say, "Oh, yeah, he's really cool." I mean, the positives are there too, but um, we just sometimes you know, are cut off. And so that we lose, like you said, the feedback and the support from our systems. And this person is taking us out of, you know, um, out of our world and, and stuffing us in their world and one way or the other guys or gals. And so we just really need to be prepared and really also common, uh, goals, I think, uh, is another thing. If you are called to be and want to be, um, you know, a, a missionary in Africa and the other person that wants to be a business person in, in the United States of America, uh, which, you know, obviously, there's, there's not going to be a, a, how are you going to work all that out? I mean, not that you have to figure it out ahead of time and God can do some of those things if you're both 
committed to staying together and hearing the hearts of the other of the other person. But mm-hmm. um, if one is called to be uh, in something that the other person just can't do, hates, dislikes, you might want to consider: Are you really that compatible? Um, when it comes to a lot of things, it might be a difficulty um, <clears throat> for for people to go, you know, through a whole life like that. Because somebody's going to have to give up and give in. Somebody's going to get mm-hmm. swallowed up, and then somebody's going to get mad and somebody's going to leave. You know, so. Yeah. But well, um, and like you said, to give a hundred percent, hundred percent, when yeah. you're doing that, and you do have different opinions about things, but then being able to hear each other out, I think that's right. the yeah the key really. is to yeah. know that you're both for each other. And and not, not that you would be so far <laughs> apart in what you're like you said if your your life or your goal is to go to Africa to become a missionary, you know mm-hmm. you, you want that other person to be on board because otherwise they're going to stay in the states and you're going to go yeah. to Africa. That's not going to yeah, work. Yeah, or relationship. Just, yeah, for example, I love cats, and if you marry me, you get. You're gonna to have to live with a cat. You better make sure they don't hate cats and love dogs and right. have this big or problem going. <laughs> yeah, right, right. It's gonna to have to, somebody's gonna to have to give. We're starting early, you know. But you got to find these things out, and um, mm-hmm. you know, the other bottom line is, you know, to know that um, if if you're doing, if you're in God's will, and God is able to make His will clear to you, um, that He is also the one who's able to give you strength and grace to work it out. Now, some people when they get in a marriage you know and they find out it's it's a nasty messy thing they will seek god's strength to stay in the marriage and they'll continue to pray 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 for their mate um and some are directed and released from their marriages and i know some that even think they're released by god and they're not but and and i'm not saying god doesn't release some people from marriages not you can't make blanket statements and throw everybody in it and say it's always this always that um, because there's so many various circumstances and things to consider that God only is the one who can, you know, say what he wants to, to do with that person right now. But So that's the good part of it. But, you know, God gives us grace, but the, the bottom line is we're going to have to surrender. We're going to have to repent. We're going to have to let the Lord deal with us and our attitudes and, and, and grow and die. I think a lot of it's about dying. I think people don't want to die. I don't, I don't mean dying physically. I mean, dying to your old selfish, you know, carnal nature. Um, it's all about me and what I want. And I, I just think if everybody would just, you know, the, the going back to the love, just do unto mm-hmm. others as you'd have them do unto you. Uh, there's no reason why we have to have so much pain and grief in our marriages. I mean, there's plenty of other situations where there's going to be plenty of grief, grief and pain. We don't need to make our marriage that that torture rack, you know, that mm-hmm. crucible, so to speak. I mean, it can be, but but again, sometimes you get a person who just will not, they will not learn, they will not, they don't get it, so to speak. They just mm-hmm. don't get it. And mm-hmm. at that point, you might have to seek God for the next step. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So so what are some other things that you'd like to kind of, you know, and we've got a few minutes left here. We haven't had anybody call us, so I suppose everybody's marriages are just great. <laughs> Um, awesome. <laughs> no problems out there, and we're just kind of talking to the wind here. Come on, people. 347-215-8051. I know a lot of people actually uh, catch us on the archives 
Um, mm-hmm. But I would love it if those who are listening would help us out by telling other people about Rescue Radio because we love to do live because live is fun and you get to do this. So, um, mm-hmm. so going back to you know any other kind of uh, thoughts or um, ideas, uh, you'd mentioned earlier um, a book that you and Dennis, not earlier but when we were talking before, uh, a book that you guys found quite helpful. And uh, what was the name of that book again? Do you remember? We're talking. Um, for addictions, is that the book that you were talking oh, about? Oh, I don't think it was about addictions. I think it was just maybe relationships, communication. Um, you are using oh. it in your counseling. Yeah. Yes. Um, it, it's actually by um, Diane and Ted Roberts, mm-hmm. and it was called "It's um, Seven Pillars of Freedom for Men." And then she um, wrote a book, or it's a curriculum, actually. It's called Betrayal, Betrayed and Beyond. And we've used that. Actually, Dennis and I both went through it um, mm-hmm. separately. And then I use use it a lot with, with married women. And then also she has one that's um, Eight Pillars for Women. And I use that for going through... Or sexual or love addicted, and oh. a lot of women are love or sexual addicted because they're they're feeling that they're not being loved, they're not being protected, they're not being heard, and so mm. in their marriage, and that's they look for love in other places, and or yeah. even single women. But it's you know that she a, a woman needs to know that that she is is cared for and for and mm-hmm. even admired well, that yeah yeah well you know that but, love addicted thing that love addicted and and re- equating love with sex i think is another equation that the devil sets up in a mm-hmm. lot of people's minds and so they're believing that if they're not if they're not being um pursued sexually either before the marriage or whatever in the marriage that they're not um loved and it's mm-hmm. not that, you know, I mean, obviously the sexual part is very important and it's a, it's a symbol of intimacy and it's, it's a gift from God. And, of course, greatly exploited and uh, abused by the enemy as well. But a lot of people, they, again, they're equating um, the, the physical with the, 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 the real love they're looking for is a love of peace and self-acceptance, mercy, forgiveness from God. And you you don't get the I mean and these it, craving these things to assure yourself or remove anxiety um, and putting pressure on like say your boyfriend or girlfriend um, to be sexual with you before the the marriage before the covenant happens is not fair because it's selfish because you're needing it um, to feel okay and maybe they'll be willing to go along with you on it and maybe it's it's. Uh, you know they're they're being asked to compromise something that's very precious and important to them. And another thing I think with pornography these days and with um, uh, you know so much homosexuality, uh, people leaving their husband or wife for someone of the same sex. Um, again, th- these are huge betrayals, um, painful things. But you have to go back to the Lord always and say I, I, I'm not saying there wasn't something you know maybe you did or could have done or something you should have noticed or a lie you believed. But at the same time, it all boils down to forgiveness. 
Um, you have to release the crimes committed against you by that person. And believe you me, in a marriage, there's many days, many times, forgiveness is the most important thing. Because you release them from your judgment. You don't judge them. You say, you know what, God's the judge. He knows your heart. Mm-hmm. He knows what you really meant. I, I filtered it through a whole bunch of misperceptions, and therefore, um, you, you know, I'm not... Um, the one qualified to judge you, so I'm going to just let the Lord judge and, and, and set us both free and judge the demons, the liars who have been messing with us. I wonder how many people, though, really think about their marriage problems in terms of lies and demons. What do you think? Anybody? You think they really I, do? I, would, I don't think they do. <laughs> no. I don't. No, so, so really, no. they really do have to think in that if they don't believe that, they don't believe what we're saying, then what are they thinking about us? We must be crazy, huh? We're probably not. Yeah. Well, and the, the and if you but, don't put the enemy in in the equation, is what happens is then it's got to be his fault or it's got to be her fault, and or God's fault. Yeah. Or God's mm-hmm. fault. Yeah. yeah. And and God wants the best for us. And mm-hmm. you know that that's something that I wanted to say. I guess is you know bringing. You know, making it God's fault, like, what is he doing? He's just watching us. He's just, mm-hmm. you know, this whole thing is all going, you know, south. And I, you know, we're going to lose our marriage and we're going to, you know, everything is going wrong. That's what I've seen in, you know, is, and then where was God? What yeah. happened? Yeah. Well, sometimes when people come in like that with me, I say, oh, this is good. This is good. God's finally got your attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wants to talk right. to you. And um but yeah, it's it's like there's there's all of that kind of um uh you know trying to figure it out, trying to do it on your own, um, leaving God out of the equation, um, blaming the other person. Oh, speaking of that, um blaming the other person, um, I don't know how I jumped to this, but you know I do those okay. jumps sometimes. Uh on Saturday, um May 17th uh, in Rogers at the Holiday Inn. I'm going to be doing a workshop on um, diagnosing your family tree. And it's really going to be a lot of it. We're going to look at the curses and how they come down and what to look for, how to break the curses, how to break the agreements. Um, And featuring a special section on Masons and Freemasonry, but kind of working a lot with looking at the bloodlines, teaching people how to actually do their own, you know, and, um, begin to uh, take authority over some of the things that have been your a problem in your marriage, in your family bloodline for a long, long time. We're not here to blame the parents or the grandparents. We're here to look for the lies and cancel the agreement. So that's Saturday, um, May 17th at the at Holiday Inn in Rogers, Minnesota. And it is free. It's open, uh, free. We'll take an offering, of course. Uh, and I'll have some of my books for sale, which I'm thinking is it's going to kind of be, be the debut of uh, diagnosing your family tree. So um, if you guys are on our constant contact or, or um, our email list, you'll be getting some of this information. If you're not and you want to connect with us, which I think is a really good idea, you can connect with us at, on Facebook, friend us on Facebook, or um, connect with us. Come to our, our website, liferecovery.com, and just sign up. Um, for our emails and stuff. And then put us in your address book so we don't end up in your junk mail. <laughs> if you love us. If you love us, please put us in your address book. But anyway, so um, 
yeah, Kathy, is there anything else you can think of as you want to kind of wrap up? We're just kind of heading towards the end here. Um, I think, you know, there's, there's a huge subject. We've just kind of chewed a little bit on it. But um, anything else you want to give us uh, kind of as a thought to close with? Well, I think people need to know that God is on their side and that he can't go against anybody's will because that's his rules that he made from the beginning because he gave us our own free will, but that he wants the best for us and he's he's pursuing us all the time. He's never giving up on us and that he he has a purpose and a plan no matter what anybody is going through out there right now mm-hmm. and that he can make the wrong things right if we submit to God yeah. and just yeah. the devil and he flees. Yeah, because the Bible says all things work together for good to those who love God mm-hmm. and are called according to his purpose. So there's a lot of grace that God gives us. Um, what we're going to mm-hmm. do is take a quick little commercial break and then we'll both be back and we'll talk a little bit more about your book. Um, and that's how we'll end the show probably, but a little commercial here first. Okay. Life Recovery offers a wide variety of books, teaching manuals, CDs, and DVDs, all designed to expose Satan's lies and equip believers with the powerful weapons of spiritual warfare. LifeRecovery.com, we've got a lot of stuff in that store, and um, we're excited to let you get in on the tools and the weapons and to see how to use them. I I think that um, these are very some of the most powerful things that will be able to save and heal your life, your marriage, whatever. So, Kathy, tell me a little bit more about your book, Come Away. You said it was a, a kind of a, a story of you and Dennis, your life, and um, you've yep. used. Uh, go ahead. Um, yeah, it is. How, how can how can people part- get it? On my website, which is a blog, and it is um, libertyhouseministry.info or .com. And you can get it on there. You can buy it through there, through PayPal. And um, it's about pretty much my testimony of what we walked through um, in, in in my marriage. And then it goes into... A um, just like a, I guess a fifteen-step <laughs> um, how to come away with him and getting to the roots of why we do what we do, and oh. just giving the first step is giving our Father God access to us um, and asking Him to, you know, mm-hmm. show us His truth and what's really going on and and stop mm-hmm. blaming. Stop the blame game, I guess is mm-hmm. what I could say. Mm-hmm. And then just reading the word for yourself. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest, the key is mm-hmm. read, reading the word. And then step three is identifying the stronghold. Step four is know your legal rights. Step mm-hmm. five is conduct business. Step six is grieve your losses. Be able to journal those things out, give them, submit them over to the Lord and and break those agreements. And mm-hmm. and step seven is repent. Step eight is forgive. Step nine is restore, where God wants to restore your heart and what the enemy has stolen from you. Mm-hmm. Step ten is really summing it all up, finding out who 
you really are in Christ. And step 11 is new beginnings. 12 is who's your enemy? Because mm-hmm. you need to know who your enemy is. It's not people. Yeah. It's, it's Satan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his demons. And step 13 is God does really provide. Step 14 is God pursues your heart. He wants to have you know what, understand that he wants you. Um, even if nobody else does, he does. That's right. And step 15 is starting your new journey and just mm. walking that out. And wow. it does have prayers in it, and it t- talks mm-hmm. about different strongholds that actually that I've learned from you. I put that that mm-hmm. in there. And yeah. um, prayers that, that a lot of them are your prayers that you have mm-hmm. in your books. Mm-hmm. And just some resources that you can... Um, yeah. go to just because of what we've walked through with yeah. um, in our lives. So yeah. that kind of sums it up. Yeah, I, I'm excited for you to have written that book. And um, I think it's, you know, everybody, you know, has this, uh, takes it and makes it their own and, and applies it. And I think some of those key steps in there are just being quiet, seeking God, knowing your enemy, um, and in knowing that God is good, and I tell you what, most people, you know, if they take build the concept of God off the concept of their father, they may have a difficult time with that. But wrapping it up kind of with the, the Second Corinthians chapter 10, we really need to understand um, that it says in verse 3, 10-3, that for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So that quarreling and that fighting and that strife and that breakdown of communication that you're fussing with with your mate is not really according to the flesh it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and that doesn't mean every high thing meaning your husband or wife it means the enemy who's trying to bring these thoughts down and use them against you but we're to bring the thoughts into captivity and make them obedient to Christ. And so this is what it's about. It's about the battle is in the soul, mind, will, and emotions. And so, um, Kathy, I just so appreciate your work. I know that um, you've been just sweet as can be, and people are really get blessed. Uh, I encourage you guys, if you live over there by River Falls and Wisconsin area, start check out Girl Talk. Um, Kathy's website, again, is libertyhouse.info or dot com liberty house ministry dot com or dot, or dot info oh, okay okay liberty ministry with the singular okay yeah. so uh, god bless you so much for for joining with us tonight kathy why don't you just let's pray a second before we end this all um uh, you pray and then i'll pray and then we'll we'll uh take it away Okay. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity to come and to just minister your life and truth to people that, Lord, that what, whatever you want to do, Father, in their lives, Lord, that they pray that they would submit to you and resist the devil and he would have to flee. And, Father, I pray for hearts to be healed and made whole. And I thank you, Father, for this opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes, Lord, and I agree, and you said if two or three agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done. We're asking for the restoration of relationships, husbands and wives, children and parents. You said in the last days that you would restore the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers, and we thank you for the young women. We thank you for the young men. We thank you for those who are just um, 
on that precipice of walking across that bridge to go forward in their life, that you'd give them wisdom, grace, and protection, that the enemy would not be able to snatch them up, Lord, because of your goodness, your mercy, and that you've sent the angels to watch over us, Lord. You've sent the Holy Spirit to live inside of us. So, Lord, I pray that we would understand the depth of the spiritual battle and that you would make us brave to do the right thing, humble ourselves, seek your face, and live, Father God. We thank you for your holy word. May you bless it as we read it. May it not become uh, a, a scary thing for us, but may it become our life, our very food, and may we eat it like food, Father God. We ask now for the Holy Spirit to go with each one who's been here, who's listened, encourage them, cause them to connect with us if, they, if you so desire it, Lord, and let them be strengthened. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And everyone out there says, amen. All right, Kathy, God bless you. You have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye-bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.